0: Hi, Tia. It's been a while, hasn't it?
1: Yes, it has.
0: Wow, are we actually doing a podcast?
1: We are doing a podcast.
0: Let's sing the little podcast song. Ding, a 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 ding, podcast.
1: So love is love, the spring.
0: I don't think it's that song. I don't
1: actually know the podcast song.
0: That's fine. I'm really sorry. I have
1: not I have not learned the podcast song.
0: Wait, wait, we're going to do without the podcast song. This is the Not Just a Game podcast. I'm Dr. Catherine Flick.
1: Dr. Tia Fothergill.
0: And we're going to talk this week about travel. Tra- travel. Travel. Uh, <clears throat> it's mostly because we're all stuck at home and we wish we could, right?
1: I mean, I miss traveling. I mean, you only have to kind of <laughs> go out and look at the furtive expressions on people's faces they're all trapped in this horrible place that they've decided to live and maybe they only thought it was for a short time but alas everything think, feels like forever now.
0: I think it's also worthwhile I mean given that this is our first podcast in what a long
1: time? a really long time. Oh, an extremely long time so to if you're listening Thank you so, so much. We adore you. We adore the yeah. parents of you. Thanks
0: for keeping you us so- on your subscription list because it's probably popped up and you're like, who are these people again? Oh yeah, that's right. These people. <laughs> okay. um, so, uh, yeah. I mean, it's probably worthwhile saying where we've traveled. I've traveled through motherhood um, and have a uh, little baby boy. Well, he's not so little anymore. He's one year. He's already one. Thank goodness me. Um, and Tia has travelled far away from me physically, which is very sad for me because I enjoyed hanging out with her in real life. But now I just yeah, hang out with her in person in, in virtual life.
1: Virtual life, yeah. Which is all we've got now. And that'll be part of what we talk about today. So the um my travel was a bit different. I um moved internationally. I moved to British Columbia. Uh, the capital of British Columbia, which is Victoria, not Vancouver, just in case you were wondering. People here are very sensitive about that, amongst other things. Uh, And um, I have, well, I would like to say that I've completely left academia and am now applying my vast range of odd skills to uh, my work in government. Uh, But that is um, not entirely true. Uh, because even even so, um, I still have uh, you know a number of uh, papers in in press and and things like that, and I have things that I do want to continue researching and, and writing about, uh, and I I still continue to maintain a number of intellectual connections and cultural connections with <laughs> academia. Not I have to say podcast,
0: though. <laughs> not, this,
1: not this podcast
0: but I have to say so
1: like when I introduce myself and people are like uh and you're like oh yes I'm a recovering academic and it gives people context so I've started using that phrase as a kind of you know just yeah FYI. I just
0: at the moment I just introduce myself as the the, per- the other person who did the chicken paper but not the chicken person
1: <laughs> yeah Right. Um, and, but I definitely, I mean, I could just do that in meetings. Like, hello, yeah. I'm to a chicken person. Yeah. You know, anyway, I, have, I, did, I did postdocs on chickens, you know, yeah, no.
0: Mm. Yeah, not so much in health, probably, unless it were like a slightly global pandemic related to, you know, um, potential avian flus, I suppose.
1: Chickens remain, chickens remain surprisingly relevant. We can do a future episode on that.
0: Yeah, we um, should. A throwback, a throwback episode. We've got lots of ideas to episodes coming up, okay. though, so don't okay. you worry. We're going to be a regular feature in your ears if you let us. Um, yeah. But, yes, we should probably get on to the topic of this particular podcast, so travel. Have we, We've travelled. Uh, other people are not travelling, um, and we're not travelling at the moment either. And what games have you been playing, to while you've been in lockdown to sort of keep you occupied slash – um not you know pining for the fjords so to speak.
1: Um there are a number of uh a number of games. I I've had surprisingly little time during lockdown. Um and that's that's actually been a, a big issue for me is, is a lack of a lack of an escape, a lack of something to, you know, enjoy in the hours during which I'm not working. Because the hours during which I'm not working are vanishingly rare. Um I, um, without sort of disclosing too much information, I work in health data. I effectively now do applied ethics um, with a heavy undercurrent of, um, shall we say, archeological science influence. Um, And it's a great job, but working in health data right now is a very busy time. Um, It's overwhelming at points, it's never, it's never as bad as kind of the worst that academia was in terms of being busy and being just crushed under the relentless wheels of necessity. But it's very busy and it never stops. Um, there's always... you managed to, to get
0: to... Some, some gaming in, right? Okay, so um, I would like to thank
1: Epic Games for having some free stuff that I can painlessly obtain and try. So amongst those things... I did manage to download Civilization 6. It's just sitting there on my desktop. Um, At some point, I'll have a look at it. Um, I did also download Torchlight 2, looking forward to that. And I did play um, quite a bit of Destiny 2 for a while, and then I just sort of got bored with it. I'll come back to it again sometime. Um, I played a little game, again through Epic Games, um, called For the King, um, which was pretty fun until the end of the adventure. Um, and I don't want to spoil it for everyone, but if you manage to get through the adventure and you're like, oh, what's the ending going to be? You'll be disappointed. Um, oh, no. No, <laughs> yeah, no. That doesn't sound
0: like a good <laughs> recommendation. I'm, I'm not hugely keen on trying it. No, no. And if
1: there's a place, uh, yeah, if there's a place that you uh, want that you see that looks interesting during the game, explore it during the game. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, there was, we tried this other little game called We Were Here. Um, it's meant to be like a, a two-person rescue scenario type thing where one person's trapped and another person is trying to find a way that to get them out of a stressful. locked room. Dude, I was immensely stressed. I was like heading for a breakdown and my I husband have to was say like to you,
0: okay. having known you for a few years, I would not have put that on the top of a list of games that I would give to you to play. <laughs> well,
1: sadly, I do not get to pick all the games in my life.
0: Sometimes
1: the games in my life are a compromise because I play other people and that's that's why we play games and this is why the kind of it's often why we travel right i mean Mm. you're an expat i'm an expat no matter what country i live in i will always feel like an expat yeah so it's um like i have canadian citizenship but that doesn't make a difference i i sound foreign and in many ways i am foreign
0: yeah I mean, so we actually, I mean, we, we use games a lot to kind of keep in touch with people as well. I mean, certainly through the lockdown, I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners have been playing. Um, and, you know, it's become a little bit of a, a default place to go to hang out with people, say, for example, for birthdays and stuff like people having birthday parties in Animal Crossing. And, you know, um, I was hanging out with a friend of mine who happened to have her island open so i went and visited her and gave her a big teddy bear cuz she needed a hug and stuff like that so i mean um yeah i mean people are using games in ways that they may not have done so before the lockdown and i think animal crossing certainly just happened to come out at exactly the right time right i mean an uplifting fun not requiring too much brain kind of game that you can kind of get lost in and just do fun creative things right and yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that's certainly, that's the game that I guess I've mostly been playing under lockdown. I have been playing, I played, uh, cause I've, I mean, cause I've got a baby now. My gaming is also extremely limited. Um, I was playing um, Slay the Spire for a while. Actually, Tara, I think you'd probably like that one. It's a kind of a, um, a strategy card game type type one. It's quite, I, I, I really enjoyed that though. Um, uh, I was playing a bit of Destiny, and I got bored with it too, so you're not the only <laughs> one. <laughs> I think my husbands the, he's the one who does all the competitive, like he he listens to podcasts and watches videos and things, so he's a little obsessed. Um, so I just kind of uh, vicariously played Destiny. We played some Diablo Three together for a while, which was really actually quite fun. We played the season before last, this, this current one, sorry, and that was actually nice to pick up again because I hadn't played it in about, I don't know, for probably three or four years. Um, so yeah, so we've, we've been doing some gaming, I, I've been doing some gaming with my husband just to kind of reconnect with him and also, but I wanted games that didn't require too much brain. So I tried to, I started playing, um, Disco Elysium, um, which is a par- which is a very good game and like it's a role-playing kind of single-player role-playing game, but my brain just couldn't handle it because I don't know how many mums listen, but your brain is just so screwed after having <laughs> a newborn like a no sleep that anything that requires actually thinking and putting stuff together and doing any sort of deductive logic is just impossible. So yeah, so I kind of uh, gave up on that. Although, um, Tia, you'll be interested to know that uh, British Sea Power did the soundtrack to Disco Elysium and won a BAFTA for it.
1: They are some of my favourites. Although I will say the, the, That made me the happiest in the last few weeks was that um New York Girls um by Bellahead uh being released on Twitter. That was just amazing. Um but yeah, now maybe I should check out Disc of Elysium just so that I can hear uh British sea power.
0: Yeah, it's it's a very good soundtrack to the game. I didn't Mm -hmm. realise it was them until I heard about it later. And now I want to go back and play it a bit more so I can actually appreciate it, you know, (laughs) doubly. Anyway, so that's I mean, but like but these are sorts some, some, of some, most most of these games are games I would have played anyway i mean diablo 3 for example i used to play with with my husband before we got married and be, while we were still living on completely different continents and yeah. it was actually a game that we could play together uh without having to travel <laughs> and sit you know be like uh, I mean, we, yeah it was a nice it, like so things like mmos and um some of these games are are are, are really kind of Things that we do in place of actual like, old fashioned gaming, I suppose, which yeah. used to be couch gaming, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: And, and the kind of, you know, like I have used MMOs in particular to keep in touch with my mother since EverQuest 2. So it's very, you know, and there's a whole series of games that I played. Like I played Vanguard with her, I played Rift with her, I played Star Wars The Old Republic with her, and now I play Elder Scrolls Online with her. I am still playing Elder Scrolls Online. But in addition to kind of other things that I pick up and put down when I get bored with them, I keep coming back to ESO, uh, which certainly says something about that game. Um, But we do use games as a way of bridging that travel gap, that physical gap. And we also use games of bridging gaps in time as well. Um, So, I mean, I've definitely been kind of thinking about the games that I used to play and considering playing older games that I haven't broken out in a while just for that kind of the comfort of the nostalgia, right? Like, just like I'm, um, you know, in the evening when I want to watch something that isn't, you know, equally dystopian to the world we're in right now, it's like, right, let's put on Star Trek, the next generation, because (laughs) it's, (laughs) it's just quite soothing that familiarity and you're like everything will be okay
0: you yeah know. i mean i think i think the nostalgic sort of games that i play I like something like diablo 3 for example i mean that that for me ticked all of the boxes that i needed uh it was free uh because i couldn't didn't want to pay for something that i wasn't going to be able to play because of brain right um it was suitable to my brain <laughs> and my brain power, at, like after a busy day of looking after a newborn baby. Um, and, you know, it was something that I we'd played before and we'd, we'd really loved playing together. Um, and and so for, really it was, it, the, it ticked all of those boxes, particularly the nostalgia box. It was just nice to pull it back out again and 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 relive some of those experiences. And I think a lot of games do that for people too. I mean, there's a reason why people keep buying uh, old like re-released games like i mean final fantasy 7 the re-release of that came out recently and um, i'm looking forward to the crystal chronicles re-release because i have a lot of good memories associated with that game and it takes me back to a time when i used to sit and play on my um, gamecube and 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 Really, like that was one of my favorite games on the GameCube, actually, and it's got an amazing soundtrack. If you haven't heard it, so I mean, these sorts of nostalgic aspects to games, yeah, I think you're right. We do travel in time with them.
1: Yeah, and it's it's really interesting. Also, um, I, I hadn't been thinking about this, but the the newest expansion for ESO is Grey War, and it basically, you know, ta- takes you back to Skyrim, right? So it's you, it's like supposed to be a thousand years before elder scrolls five skyrim but it's definitely it's got that feel and it captures the kind of hugeness of the giants and and the sort of lethality of some aspects of the landscape and it, it does definitely make you feel slightly nostalgic for a previous game um and that in a way is is also quite quite comforting yeah um,
0: what other the, games? That, have you played any games that do any other time travel within the game?
1: So, yeah, I mean that's an interesting question because we do. So there's the sort of travelling back in your own personal history, right? And and as you point out, the, the kind of travelling in time in the game. I think um, there's a lot of things like, especially I just mentioned ESO, but you you can get pushed into the past to view sort of some conflict with the aliens or or what have you, and and particularly in the in the main initial quest line um, and your interactions with the prophet and and things like that. There's certainly, um, there's stuff like that. But what I've been most impressed with is when phasing has been done properly in a game and carrying it off in an MMO is a huge pain, I can imagine. So what do you mean by phasing? So what I mean by this is, when the landscape and the NPCs and the creatures and everything, the story in the game, all of that, and the environment to go with it, the level, try, like advances in time to go along with a, a narrative arc. So, um, the would I not everyone in the game will have the same experience of the same place because they'll be at a different time. So the archeologist in me is like, yes, yes, yes. This makes sense because context is everything. Context is everything, everything, everything. And more than that. And it's, the Lich King was the best example of this that I have, I, I, I still think that, that I've played. I did not play much WoW, full disclosure, um, but it did do some things really well. And I just remember the Lich King storyline and just being so impressed that, I was obviously in the same place. I was obviously kind of, you know, had had this kind of game experience and it was now a different time. Mm. in the game, the game has moved, you have moved forward. And I mean, I, um, I had an old friend who's, you know, total asshole um, in, you know, real life, but he was an old gaming friend. And one of his biggest critiques of MMOs when they first came out, and we're talking a long time ago, um, was like oh well the world never changes and i'm thinking well no like i mean it does but most of the time those changes are quite subtle you know somebody might um make it a bit easier in cold harbor and finally install a jewelry station so that you can do your crafting there if that's your (laughs) favorite city um or a new type of animal might be added to the environment or something like that but uh, Asshole or not, he's right about that. It's it's very difficult to kind of get that right. And I have found those transitions when they've been achieved to be very kind of satisfying.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I have to say, I think I mean some of the MMOs I used to play, certainly like Final Fantasy XI was not great at that. Um and so it was always it was really done in text. It wasn't done so much in kind of the um like the renderings and and you know the actual physical environment so much. Um, I think Final Fantasy fourteen did a bit more of that. I remember there being some of that in Guild Wars too, vaguely. Was was there, <laughs> or am I misremembering it? A bit of that. No, no, you you're right. There
1: was a bit of that. So, um, but I that didn't feel like phasing so much as the world, the whole world just changed.
0: So oh, I see. Yeah. Okay.
1: It's like the Weezer song: "The world has turned and left me here, and now all of a sudden, Lions Arch is totally different." You log <laughs> back in, and you're like, "The world has turned and left me here." It's very like, uh, and "Yeah, now no. Lions
0: Arch is totally different." I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that was the next yeah. line in the song somehow.
1: <laughs> no, but I could, I could rewrite it easily. It, but like, okay. the recognition would be necessary for it to be funny. I'll have to work on the funny. But, the, um, but it, but it's there's a difference between. Like you progress through different space and time through your character's experience, your avatar's experience, whatever. Um, and the whole game world changes for everyone. And you may not know why. That actually, I think is, a, it's interesting you bring that up because I found that to be a bit problematic because it felt like there was this almost like projected cognitive dissonance where I was like, what's happened? And, and you would go through a storyline on a character and your character would experience a flashback, but it would be to the wrong lion's arch. Mm. Yeah. And you, So you'd go through a cutscene and be like, where is this place? So I, I, had, um, I had a friend who played Guild Wars for a, a really short period of time and this sort of picked it up and was like, oh, not for me. But one of the things that they mentioned was just like, there are all these places that I meant to know and I don't, I don't recognise them. And I was
0: like, oh, yeah, that's Yeah, because okay. obviously obviously, the world had changed, but they hadn't, like, yeah, because they hadn't experienced the previous one, they hadn't updated the movies to, to, uh,
1: yeah. So that memory of what the old Lion's Arch was is stored in me, not in the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's there are memorials. Because, like,
1: yeah. Memorials in Lion's Arch to kind of what happened and, and sort of the evil clockwork plant lady that's and right. all these things that yeah she had some name that was basically the same thing as poison ivy but whatever and it was obviously not memorable but i (laughs) like the idea of the memorials i like in-game memorials i actually one of the things i love about eso is is running across memorials in the game that are obviously to real people and that i have witnessed but not not being a part of um in-game funerals
0: Mm.
1: and and in-game weddings and things like that and these things would take place sort of in extremis or in in the game world. And now, as you were back to kind of you talking about Animal Crossing and people being like, well, it's my birthday.
0: I'm celebrating my birthday in Animal Crossing, right? And people make memorials in Animal Crossing too. I've seen some pictures of people's memorials to their, you know, to loved ones. that They've created gardens for them and things like that in Animal Crossing. And I think there's just some really nice, it's a bit like Minecraft, I suppose, in these sort of open worlds where you can – really build things the way that you want to build them um, it has a lot of scope for capturing real world events not just in game events as well which i think is is a really nice thing about games um i wanted to go just quickly mention though the um um the recent destiny 2 uh, event right so so i don't know if you saw that I but there was in, yeah, in kept, a while haven't kept up with destiny 2 well so oh, sorry You'll, you, if you log back in, you'll find there's a little bit of, um, say, I don't know that. I only know this secondhand because my my husband was like super invested in it, so I've been I've been kind of watching it through him. But he sat for like two hours the other day watching this giant spaceship come closer and closer to the tower, and then eventually get zapped to death. Sorry, spoilers by the um, Rasputin, which is like the big AI that protects.
1: Yeah, I know. I do from Mars.
0: Yeah. Rasputin. yeah. Yeah. Now I so, remember that. Yeah. Anyway, so the 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 I don't know. One of the one of the evil one of the evil crowd. I think it's the. Oh God! See, this is the problem. Is I I, like honestly, all of those enemies look exactly the same to me. There's like the hive and the something and there's something else, and I can't tell the difference between them.
1: (laughs) Scummy, fleshy, flat bags. The
0: the fanatic ones. The ones that are the fanatics. Whichever those are.
1: Um, you pronounce one syllable at a time. Sorry.
0: Fanatic. No. <laughs> but anyway, the fanatics, I don't know what what which ones they were, but they were the ones that they sent this big ship to like I don't know, like ten. Like, anyway, the point is is that there was a ship, and now there's no longer a ship, and this is a big and there's like rubble and burning and stuff, you know, all on the tower and that and and there's and it, and it started the new season of Destiny 2, right? So it'll be interesting to kind of see how much of this memory shaping they do in terms of, you know, um, how they actually integrate that into the um, into new characters' experiences, if that makes sense.
1: When they do their, you know, when their arrival happens, is it just yeah. there and it's left for them? Um, I would expect, given my experience with Destiny 2, that there's, An NPC who's like oh this thing happened. Um, Yeah
0: because I mean like it'd be interesting to see if they change any of the stuff that leads up to it like so whether your character starts back in time before all this happened if that makes sense. So whether they experience this time scale but then of course they'll be pulled into the present quote-unquote once they get to the tower right because then you can see the the burning rubble and all of that right and and um so, yeah, be, I, I don't know how it does it. Um, if, if you play Destiny 2 and I should, you know, I guess I could just go and play it and find out. <laughs> I just don't care that much. Because but I, The I last thing I played, I played
1: with, um, with your husband and that was, that was fun, but I don't play for the same reasons, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, So exactly. Yeah, I found myself
1: that. not through content where I was like, but I want to go over here and look at this neat thing yeah yeah exactly it's like, there's no time for neat things we are going to play everything and i'm
0: like yeah well i mean cool but <laughs> yeah yeah no that sounds like him <laughs> but um yeah it's no fun. It's, uh, it's just... yeah he's yeah especially on the stuff that we were doing which was some of the yes. um the raids it, it was very much a you know utilitarian uh playthrough oh, yeah. <laughs> yep that's um, fine. Yeah, anyway, efficient is what I would say. But, yeah, so it would be interesting to see how they manage that. And I don't know if anyone has started playing Destiny 2 and you've experienced this weird thing um, and slightly like, – it would be interesting to see how they've change how they changed some of the storylines to, to match what you actually see in the tower. Um, yeah, but anyway, yeah, so what else were we going to talk about? Games. Um, there it. are lots Probably of ways of traveling in
1: games. Do you have like
0: oh, a, yeah. an, do you have like a favorite mode of travel or a favorite game to travel in? So I actually like we were talking before about this, and I had came up with one, and then I actually thought of another one while we were talking. So the one I thought came up originally with was um, the sailing in Wind Waker. And it's just because I know a lot of people hated the sailing in Wind Waker, but I just loved it because I love sailing. (laughs) I really enjoy sailing and they made it a really nice sailing experience. And I just just enjoyed sailing around. I hated doing the stupid thing where you had to like put the claw over the edge and wrench, you know, winch up the treasure chests. But I just enjoyed sailing to like random islands and stuff um, but the other one I was thinking of was Elite Dangerous, right, which is basically all about travel. Uh, and the different kind of ships that you get have different travel experiences and different sounds and different, like, feels to the, like, it's like getting into it. Some of them are get, like, getting into an SUV versus getting into, a, like, a little Fiat 500 sort of thing. Um, and, like, I think that game has done a really good job of, giving travel feeling like 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 driving different cars or or something like that um and and you really do feel like it's a different experience depending on what sort of ship you get in and um I think that like I just I really like traveling in like one of the things I enjoy doing most in Elite Dangerous is actually flying out into the black as they call it um basically picking a spot and going there um and then coming you know going thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of light years away and then coming back again with like all of the paint come off your ship and because you've gone through so many jumps and all this sort of stuff and i i really like they they do a really nice travel experience and it's the sort of thing where you can kind of just chill out i usually put a podcast on or something like that and i or you know low effort tv that i don't have to look at the tv very much um and uh yeah and, and then i then i fly you know fly around in 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 these lovely ships and i just that's one of the things i really like that is basically a whole game about travel uh, there are other things you can do too and one of the, actually i used to do a little bit of streaming and one of the things i streamed was actually traveling with tourists around various places in elite dangerous and my very demanding tourists um, they they have all these like demands about how you should stop here and pick up this and give me that and all this stuff, which is quite funny because some of them have just got like they're all randomly generated. So they got some funny demands. Um, but, yeah, it was fun to kind of construct stories around their demands and where they wanted to go and stuff. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's actually just a really nice traveling game. One of the games I'd like to try that I've heard has got good travel and kind of fun travel in it is. Um, oh, what's the pirate the pirate game? <laughs> There's one, um, Ship of Thieves? Ship of Thieves? No, what's it called? Friends to Play,
1: so I've never played it.
0: <laughs> um,
1: no, no, no um, it's, yeah, crap, what's it called? I There's know what you're talking a about. It's pirate ship game. What I can totally imagine, of- like, what the front of the game looks like, and I can't remember. All right, all right, I'm Googling it. I'm Googling it. I'm sure it's, like, Ship of Thieves. Uh, it? It's something like that, like... No, that's
0: a Murder, She Wrote episode, apparently. Sea of Thieves? Sea of Thieves. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, we suck. It's been Sorry. a
1: while. <laughs> We're both so tired. We have yeah. a child and a you know degenerative illness to manage, so it, does, it doesn't help. It does help. It does.
0: Excuse me. The, uh, the sleep, the, the, the brain, the brain function. Right. Brain. The yeah, do anyways, have so I've, I've heard that that's quite fun just to sail around in, um, and like seeing as I like sailing games, at some point maybe I'll get around to it. But it seems to be an MMO, which I'm not hugely fond of right now because I just don't. I need pausable games. I need games that I can just go, yeah, I'm good. Like I can go and f- feed my baby and put him back to sleep, sort of thing. So if it's not pausable, I'm not yeah. interested.
1: No, and for me, like I need, I do need something I can also walk away from. um Like I've. It- I really enjoy ESO, but there are activities in ESO like I'm, I'm, I'm. Nobody's going to want me in a trial group because if I'm tired, I have to go lie down. Full stop. Yeah. So it's, it's. Um, you're right. These things can be limiting. It's. I love that you mentioned sailing because I'm. I have another unpopular opinion.
0: Hooray! Unpopular opinions. We do those. So
1: in Vanguard, rip. Um, there were boats, and you could sail like not entirely wherever the fuck you wanted but you could sail most places and you literally you built your boat or you got other people to build the bits of your boat that you couldn't build so to get a boat you had to have like a carpenter and they made like the the big pieces of the boat you know the hull and things like that and then you would have to have a blacksmith that made like mounts and and the hardware right and then you had to have an outfit to make like the rigging and the sail and and, and the cloth type bits so it was it was epic at the beginning just to make a boat but once you had a boat you could just fuck right off go wherever that you want like send just go fishing in your okay. boat um that sounds and nice it was nice it was fun and there were different kind of r.i.p
0: um, vanguard i would have
1: enjoyed well, that okay, so vanguard has some really cool stuff in it um i'm not just saying this because um i once i once named a place in that game um Ooh. i named the ancient port warehouse and said that it must be full of ancient port <laughs> if anybody remembers vanguard you can also thank me for the naming of the food wrinkled flesh bags um, because I was, exactly. So I was, I, someone asked me, they were like, what would you call just like this really revolting, unidentifiable food that came in like a packet or something? I was like, call it wrinkled flesh bags. And oh. um, so, um, anyway, ancient port warehouse, full of ancient port, but positioned at a port location. That's my fault. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Um, the boats in Vanguard were amazing and you could make them in different styles. So there were different kinds of countries and their boats all look different. And you could have like full disclosure from, from what I remember, there's a, a whole lot of um, what's name when cultural things are stolen. I can't even come up with a simple word this morning. Um, cultural
0: appropriation?
1: Yeah, appropriation. There's a, a lot of appropriative things that went into the boat design in Vanguard, uh. but the ideas were really fun.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: that was I really enjoyed it and a lot of people hated the boats like sometimes when you would zone to a different area you would fall through your boat
0: <laughs> well I mean that happens in real life too I mean when I'm zoning into a different <laughs> area I regularly fall through my boat <laughs> I fall through my zodiac I mean I was to, just no. sailing across the uh you know the uh, that's what happens when you go across the um uh, the, date line, the date line the international <laughs> date line <laughs> you, fall, you fall through your boat <laughs> yeah that's exactly what
1: happens like boom. yeah and then yeah. they're swimming and you don't know you're like well I guess I have to swim to shore
0: but it's this is, uh, yeah 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 good luck with that
1: <laughs> gonna die. um but the, so I I love that I love that so so much um and I think uh, there's so that boats
0: was in there's boats in the witcher three as well but they're not that great I didn't enjoy them as much as other boats
1: yeah I uh yeah. I mean, there's like an ESO, you can you can get on a boat and take a boat somewhere else. And there are some things that happen on boats. Um, oh, in
0: Final Fantasy XI, one of the most scary, scary things you do as a newbie is if you started out in Windurst and you wanted to go to the the popular leveling spot, you had to take a ferry from this place called Selbina to, no, or was it to Selbina? Anyway, you had to go across some water and there was a ferry, right? And if you happen, like if you did what most people do, which is to go and stand on the outside of the ferry, like on the, the deck of the ferry and look at the scenery as you go past, there was sometimes basically um, very occasionally uh, the music would change and you'd be like, what's that? And all of this, some of these like pirate skeletons would be there and they just completely own any newbie. You had to basically be top level to to fight them. Um, and then uh, the other, occasionally, what would happen, and this this would happen silently, is this sea horror, which was a giant kraken, would just show up. And pretty much, I think it was a newbie rite of pa- passage to be killed by the sea horror at some point, because it would um, and, um, it would basically attack anyone it could smell. It was it was a scent based thing. So if you were able to do uh, like the 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 sneak spell, which was for scent, um, you'd you'd be safe. But most newbies don't have that spell. <laughs> So yeah, so it was always a uh, it was always a very deadly ferry ride, and pretty much every newbie died like three or four times, either to p- pirates or to the sea horror. And mostly, what I ended up doing was just huddling in the in the, the um, under under the deck. Uh, there was like a room that you could sit in, which had no windows. You couldn't see anything out of. But when that music was playing, that's all you were. That's the only place you wanted to be because there was no way you wanted to be up on deck. <laughs> yeah, it was good times. Anyway, that's space and time. There we go.
1: The, yeah, space and time. I'm also thinking, so there's ferries. There were ferries in, in EverQuest even. And I remember like having to wait for the wait for the ferries to turn up so that I could go somewhere else in the game. Um, and, of course, you're bored to tears. But if you wander off for three seconds, that's when the ferry will come, basically.
0: Oh, yeah, um, yeah. That's always the thing. And then you have to wait half an hour for the next one or something ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's yeah. not fun. The not fun way to do boats. Um,
0: but the um... yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that very much at the time for Final Fantasy XI. But I kind of there's a certain amount of appreciation that I have for games that artificially like try to replicate real life, if that makes sense. Like these days, we're so used to just zapping here and zapping there and taking like the the, the shortcuts and you know mm-hmm. going to the waypoints and all this that we actually like you know. You, you forget that in real life it does actually take time to get from point A to point B and yeah it's boring and yeah you might get eaten by pirates but you can also fish at the same time I suppose oh, but yeah. Yeah. yeah but 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 like I mean I'm nice. <laughs> Sorry. that's uh, fine don't mind yeah, me but 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 yeah but I mean like but like so in The Witcher 3 for example you can get these like waypoints but I actually really quite like riding a horse around because you get to see like the the, the environment's so beautiful and yeah. there's occasional little bits like little dungeons or little points of interest or things that you just want to go off and explore and and you miss all that when you just go zap 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 between the waypoints. I think I think that I mean so there are sometimes when I play The Witcher where I just ignore the waypoints and just keep playing, just just ride around basically. Um, but then, of course, there are times when I'm like, screw that, I just want to get from point A to point B, zap, you know.
1: <laughs> because I also make that choice, and I wonder how many other people do. So, like, for example, in ESO, which I'm I'm still playing um, um, on enough, you have your way shrines, which are, your you know, your waypoints, your easy quick, and there are whole games where I have travelled around the game so much that I don't have any idea of what the shape of the game world actually looks like. Wildstar yeah. is one of them. Everything just moved, the pace of that game was so fast that I didn't know where I was or what I was doing. Yeah, I just, destiny you know. Destiny
0: 2's like that for me, wouldn't have destiny,
1: a clue. Oh, do you know what Destiny 2 does do that I really like is when you're waiting to load down to the surface of whatever yeah. um, and your ship is floating along in that doo doo doo
0: Yeah, music. yeah.
1: Um, and you watch the surface of the planet?
0: I yeah, really that's like
1: nice. that. That's yeah. a nice thing. So thanks for that. Vroom. Yeah, and then the woo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, depending on things, but yeah, like it's a nice. That's a nice experience. But I was going somewhere else with this before. I distracted myself with myself. So I was talking
0: about way shrines.
1: Oh yes, right way shrines. So um, I will choose as you as you have kind of spoken about. That I will choose to not use a shrine sometimes because I would rather experience the place. There are some zones in um, Elder Scrolls and some of them are really old and some of them are really new. There are zones that I will choose to navigate on my horse and there will things that I will choose to do actually on foot because wow. I, would rather, I would rather just be there. In,
0: yeah, in that location.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's definitely like there's an escapism type of thing, but there's also things that you miss. Um, if you are moving too quickly, um, yeah. and like just just getting into the antiquarian system, which we can talk about in another podcast, I have already I thought that I was like big completionist in most of the areas of of Elder Scrolls um, on my main character, but I've already found two or three different quests that I hadn't come across before, just because I've been exploring, you know, in detail, right, being very thorough. Looking for an excavation site, right? Hmm. So it's um, it's it's certainly when you have a game that makes you want to travel, in like use more time to move through less space, right? That equation gets imbalanced. And there are other games that you just you're like, nope. Or and other times, like I have been in ESO where I've been like, oh, somebody's doing this world boss over here, and I'd really quite like to, you know, join them. Yeah light up uh then i go to a way shrine and i pop over there and that makes sense
0: i think but i think it's also a testament to really good game game design when they do make you want to stop and enjoy the surroundings i mean someone's put a lot of effort into those bits you know into the into the into the design of the area that you're in and the textures and the weather effects and this that and the other and I mean I think that it's certainly it, it, it definitely is a testament to really good de- game design that it people want to actually map it out that people want to uh, enjoy the experience of moving through the space I mean I, I have to admit I didn't really enjoy playing Breath of the Wild which is probably a, a podcast episode itself <laughs> um uh but one of the things i did enjoy was actually just running around and and seeing all of the like like the actual ambient experience was very nice um and certainly compared with other zelda games anyway um and and that sort of experiencing like like going off and running off and seeing what's over there sort of thing was actually and it frustrates me in some games where they they give you those like hints that there might be something over there but then you just can't get there like so dragon something. age is a classic one for doing that where it, because it's still even their open world is not actually open world it's kind of still a rail railroaded world to a certain degree um, yeah. a restrained world so they might sh- but there might be something interesting on that hill but you can't get to there because you hit the you know invisible wall sort of thing right Um, and that's, that can be quite frustrating. So I think, I think it's, but obviously there are, there are trade-offs when you're designing these games in terms of time and size and effort and, you know, who's actually, how many people are actually going to bother to go and look at this sapling on the edge of this river or whatever, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they did do a lot of nice hidden stuff in Dragon, in Inquisition in particular, they did do a lot of nice hidden stuff, but they.
1: Oh, I love hidden stuff.
0: But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 it wasn't, it's, it's, like it's openly hidden as opposed to you, like you've, you don't feel like you've really discovered something interesting, if that makes sense, I think. I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, I think. Anyway, you okay. wanted to
1: talk about to say, people. You mentioned lots of people, kind of how many people are going to do certain things. And it brings to mind, um, for lack of a better word, some of the kind of social and ethical issues around travel. Yeah. Um, so like it's, it's not just like being on the EverQuest ferry and, you know, a bunch of people getting together and finding a way to shove individual characters off. Like that's just griefing. Right. But <laughs> but, but what I mean by this is, is sort of less intentional things. Um, so there are ways in Elder Scrolls, for example, to travel to um, friends' houses um or to travel to party members or guild members using different add-ons and things like that and elder scrolls is really great for kind of allowing a lot of different add-ons and mostly they have a beneficial effect and you you have to walk this line in in elder scrolls where you decide like i want this add-on because it's absolutely necessary for me Um, or this add-on just clutters up the experience of the game and the way that some people play the game it's just all add-ons and i try to only keep it to a minimum Mm. and because, like, because of the way that these types of travel, like traveling to a person or um, you know a party member, guild mate, or to a friend's house, um, you will have an advantage if you have more friends, mm. and if they're online, right? So if you played a weird time because of your job, if you are, for example, on the west coast of North America, but all of your friends are in the UK and Ireland, then you're not going to have very many friends if you work really hard to kind of um, solo, if that's the experience that you want and people, you know, have their own issues, like, why would you solo in an MMO? And there are reasons, I think, some some quite justifiable. Um, Why, if you prefer that kind of play or you're just not very sociable, you're not a joiner, whatever, then you will have a disadvantage. So there is kind of a social capital in travel in, in many of these games. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a capital that's not just kind of like, oh, it's 150 gold every time you use this portal or, or whatever. You have to pay the portal keeper or, or whatever have you. It's a distinct kind of privilege that some people will have over others that has little to do with anything else. Likewise, in other games, you'll be able to travel if you're um, a more elite player or you have access to certain in-game systems that other people might not.
0: I mean, even things like level restricted mounts and stuff, um, you know, like, I mean, I understand the, 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 like, so in Final Fantasy XI, for example, <laughs> let's go back to my favorite example of how not to design games uh, and also how to design games because it's good and, and bad. Yeah. But one yeah. of the things it made you do as an, as a low level is you couldn't get your Chocobo until you were level 20. So you had to spend basically 20 levels. Well, not quite. It's your- a bit, bit com- more complicated than that. But, um, like, but certainly at very low levels, you had to basically sneak around um to get to the place where you could catch the ferry, and then get killed by pirates or a sea horror. And 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 really, and you were sneaking through very high-level monsters that would one-shot you. You know, and so it. um I mean, certainly on the one hand, it taught you a lot about the game and how to play the game. Uh, on the other hand, you know, once you got your chocobo, you could just run all over the place, and and nobody, you know, none of these monsters cared about you. And, and so it got. It would, it was certainly, um, it was a very high, like, they often talk about Final Fantasy XI being like the cliff of like learning curves, right? (laughs) And, um, um, you know, it was definitely a very high learning curve. And I'm sure a lot of people were turned off by by that in particular, uh, because it'd be quite frustrating. And I can certainly see some accessibility issues with some certain types of travel as well. Um, I mean, I think certain, certainly ones that require you to be constantly pressing the direction that you're going, for example, um, could be, you know, problematic for for like if they've got non-accessible kind of key, keyboards and things. Um, I remember Final Fantasy XI had a thing where you hit the direction you were going, then you pressed R, I think it was, and that would just make you run in that direction just like forever until you until you got hit hit a wall or an animal, a monster or something. Um, and that was actually quite useful. But then, like there are ones where, like in The Witcher Three, for example, where you get on your horse and you can hit, hit it, set it to gallop, and it will follow a path, like the the the, the trail. And and you only have to kind of adjust it if you want to say go right or left at a at a junction or something. You just have to tap it. And for someone like, I mean, I don't have massive hand issues, but I do get a little bit of RSI occasionally. And even for me, like some of these kind of things where you have to like repeatedly press buttons to, to say go that way or whatever, it can be quite stressful on my hands. So I'm very grateful for things that allow you to kind of just hit a direction and not have to prep, prep, put pressure on on like a keypad or a, um, a joypad or something like that.
1: With Destiny 2 um, and why I kind of go away from it and come back, some of it has to do with um you know i'm bored of this story not being terribly interesting and a bit shallow and some of it has to do with um i am really tired of clicking and holding this one thing um or having to press this thing really hard really fast and having to aim this thing with just such extreme precision that it's not going to be possible for me um and that's certainly with a mechanic like travel you would think that it could just not
0: be quite so hard yeah because it's not like it's Travel is not a skill, if that makes sense. Like it's not something that you need to be skilled at doing unless you're, say, piloting a ship. Okay, so something like Elite Dangerous might be a bit different because the travel is kind of the point of the game. You need to actually, you know, like Flight Simulator or something like that, you need to actually be able to coordinate your button pressing so that you can, you know, enter the space dock or whatever, right? I mean, that kind of makes sense. But if you're in like a classic medieval, you know, kind of, Fantasy type R- RPG, yeah. No, you don't need you don't need to make me press buttons all the time. Question that
1: we should address in a future podcast:
0: yeah. Why is a classic
1: RPG assumed to be medieval? What do we mean by medieval? And why is it so far off from what was actually medieval?
0: Yes, this is a great. I was just clapping, and this is because this is a great question. We should do that in another podcast, definitely. Yes, yes. I in think, fact. I think we're actually coming to the end of this one. Though, oh, we so are. We are. Yes. Is there anything um, since, else you want to you want to talk about before we uh, we wrap it up? Yeah, I talked about ethics and social
1: capital and things like that. Um, I think I think um, one of the things one of the things about kind of travel is that you can sometimes, especially with ground mounts, do it in style. Mm. So so um, do you have a particularly stylish mode of travel be it like a ship or um a space
0: yeah so i mean i it we're in elite dangerous one of the big ships that you save up a, you have to do a load of grind to get enough money to get is an anaconda and i have to admit i went and bought the because cosmetics from the um uh, from the the shop to make it look even cooler Awesome. I have a really fancy looking anaconda that has like purple glowy lines and a purple exhaust thing. And like, oh, it's super cute. Yeah, I love uh, my anaconda. <laughs> How about you? I, What's yours?
1: Uh, I will always love my twinkle pony.
0: So you actually uh, have a twinkle pony. I from do our, uh, have a twinkle pony. Yes, I did. I got my from, twinkle pony. From our loot box episode. Yeah. Did you yes. get it in a loot box? No, no, no. <coughs> did, you, did, you have, um, did, did you have to freemium buy it? Uh, I did,
1: kind of. So ESO has sort of tiers of, of freemium, which, again, maybe we should revisit. I think we should revisit the loot box stuff. I think we should do that, yeah. A lot seems to have changed, especially in some of the
0: games that we've mentioned. Yeah, and Pokemon Go has gotten quite interesting with their loot right. and We, should, exactly we, travel, we, we don't have, we didn't have time to talk about Pokemon no, we Go. No,
1: we don't. we don't. Sorry, but, sorry.
0: But yeah, there's there's lots of travel in that. Obviously, there you go, done. I do want to mention one
1: particular thing um, about. uh, I did. I got um, something that I thought was going to be even more fun than the Twinkle Pony for the Halloween event in ESO, and it's this. It's a it's a Doom Stick Pony um, that you like, like whoop and holler and like woo while you while you like riding around on a stick pony. The only really
0: you said stick pony. I thought you said something else. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh no like a you know like a, a ho- ho- I don't yeah know. yeah a hobby horse yeah
0: yeah okay.
1: like i don't know what the right word is but yeah like a pony's head on a stick only it's got yeah, flaming absolutely. eyes
0: That's it's got flaming horse. eyes
1: and it's got like it, it's just like it's all it's amazing and i love it and here's the That's thing so though
0: awesome
1: it, is, it sounds awesome and then you buy it and you're like, I look amazing and all the emotes that go with it are really fabulous and you're like, yes, this is the best thing ever and then you try to actually use it to ride around and you are bravely disappointed. Oh. Yeah, it sucks. Because Does it, it gives open. you the base mount speed oh. but effectively you can never train it to go faster and because almost it's just all- a stick! Because it's just a stick it's just a pony on a stick well pony's head it's on a, a stick he, it's, it's a a flaming it's a flaming pony head on a stick and it's wonderful but the problem is that it's literally just a fashion ride it's like a oh. cruising it's a cruising vehicle in elder scrolls i'm so disappointed by it because because with the other mounts you can um you can train them to kind of go faster you can become better at riding them Um, Or however it works. I'm I'm never sure. I think it's you that becomes better at riding rather than...
0: So you'd think if that were the case, you would actually get better at riding a stick pony. You You would really think you'd ride a stick pony. (laughs) you (laughs) go go and do a few leg days and you'll be right. (laughs) It's like...
1: I'd like to be able to do that, but you can't... Yeah, and there are people who have, you know, much more elite and kind of stylish mounts than my stick pony. But, I mean, I quite... Twinkle pony will go very far.
0: Yeah. I'm um, um, just like if you, you finally have a twinkle pony that makes me happy.
1: Finally have a twinkle pony. We can you know you can do a screenshot and
0: uh we'll get Erica and, back on to do a um um like a um um a tier list of twinkle ponies. Like tier as in not you tier, but like that's a T I E R tier. Yeah. tier. Yeah.
1: yeah, we're all right. No, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> <laughs> this happens. Yeah, well, well
0: I mean this has been our first podcast for over a year and uh, through a lot of changes, and I think we've done okay.
1: Oh, um, I hope we've at least entertained you or, or made you reflect back on on travels
0: yet to yeah. come. And or... if you if you want to share like your favorite mounts slash travel slash give us traveling um i games to play or be- brain dead games to play because I think that's kind of where we're at the moment. Um, and so it, bonus, bonus, if they're cooperative, multiplayer, not MMO, that's even yes. better. <laughs> yes. Please yes. hit us up because we <laughs> like <Yes>. those sorts <laughs> of games right now. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. I thought sort of in, we're, we're both on easy mode. We have to be.
0: Yes, definitely. All right. Well, that's, this has been not just a game. Uh, we do this sort of thing, hopefully, fairly regularly. Um, we have a website not just a game.eu we still have a patreon but I don't think I'm gonna start charging anyone for anything for a bit until like I decide if I actually want to do that because they've changed how the tax works and I don't know Gosh. it just gets all very complicated and and then I have to send the like the three dollars that we've earned per podcast off to my like to, I have to get an accountant to look at it and ah oh, it's just it, it's all a bit of a hassle so <laughs> I don't know that we're we'll bother too much to be honest, but we, at the moment we do still have a Patreon. Uh, you can go and have a look at it and decide if you want to like sign up for sure. future. I think it's like patreon.com slash not just a game, or you can find it on our website. Um, let us know if you think it's a good idea for us. Uh, we didn't get a huge amount of people. Like we had some very nice and lovely people who did actually give us some money for podcasts, which was really, really kind of them. Um, and, but I don't know that there's really enough demand <laughs> that it's worth the, the hassle, to be perfectly honest. So, yeah, do let us know if you're interested in supporting us and um, I'll make a decision later down the line um, when I decide to start charging people if I do. So, yeah, otherwise, we'll see you next time. And maybe we'll talk about, well, what is it? What's the, the, the archaeologist class again? Sorry, Tia.
1: No, it's not archaeology, <laughs> which, is, which is important because it's not archaeology. The antiquarian well, that, system. In and Alice and that's in
0: ESO. The yeah. antiquarians. So we'll talk about archaeologists that aren't archaeologists or not uh, things, that, things that, that are supposedly archaeologists but really don't do it right. No, definitely. Does that sound good? All right, let's mm. do that then. All right, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.